Hello and welcome to episode number 288 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back, uh, but not with a horror film this week. <laughs> no, we can't We can't swing this one, can we? No. I was going to try an argument for it, but it, you know, it's dark. Well, we'll get to that in the film discussion, because I definitely think this is a worthy film for people who are into horror, so obviously stick around for that. But yeah, right off the bat, like we're not going to pretend this is a horror film. Um, we kind of said it at the tail end of last week's show, um, that we were obviously excited to see this movie, that we're going to be seeing it at the weekend, and we were unsure whether to do a show on it um but i think having seen it there's like so much to talk about um i think horror fans will enjoy those parts of the conversation which is why we want to do a show on it basically um so yeah we will get to the batman shortly um but first there is a bit horror news this week this first one this first one's a humdinger um could be pretty exciting if it's true um or it's it's true but uh whether or not it happens is another thing so basically um coming via the hollywood reporter our boy Fede alvarez is uh the man who loves getting attached to different projects um i've literally lost count of how many times we've kind of put in the news like Fede alvarez's next movie is this this and this yeah. and he's directing it yeah he's doing um, hellraiser nightmare on elm street and he's uh doing a doing a screen tv show yeah and it's not even like oh it's wishful thinking you know he he's literally these are f- official announcements put yeah. out to the press by these production companies um and they just don't get off the ground for whatever reason and like because i could have sworn we we spoke about one was it last year that was like a haunted house in the white house if i yeah, remember correctly God, yeah you're right it was some sort of white house related horror movie definitely that was that was fede wasn't it that was attached to director i'm almost certain it was but like he there's a whole host you know of just dead Ooh. projects in the kind of sea of yeah. fede's career and <laughs> We'll get to that shortly, but basically the news is that his next project is a original standalone Alien movie. Um, so yeah, he has As been tapped. Alien in the Alien universe, or just correct an Alien movie? Okay. In the Alien franchise, uh, this is for 20th Century Studios. Um, he is signed on to write and direct. Um, and yeah, that is that is the crazy news. This this project is kind of basically th- this is going to be for Hulu, um, which I think is also Hellraiser um, and a potentially Evil Dead Rise as well. Um, so basically, they're like getting into original yeah. movies in a big way, um, trying to push there. And so they're like they're signing a lot of their IPs to new films. Um, mm. And so yeah, like uh, apparently they're making ten movies a year now. Um, and this is going to be one of them. Um, and yeah, basically, we don't know much about it other than it is an original idea. Um, it says, according to sources, Alvarez is a rabid fan of the franchise and casually pitched a take to Scott, um, obviously Ridley Scott, uh, many years ago. The idea remained implanted in Scott's brain until late last year when he called Alvarez out of the blue and asked him if he still was up for it. Alvarez didn't have to be asked twice. Um 
20th Century picked up the project purely off the strength of Fede's pitch. Um, and they, it was quoted as saying, it's just a really good story with a bunch of characters you've never seen before. Um, the, the final quote, which is interesting as well, is kind of um, from one of the people on the project at 20th Century Studios, um, said that there basically there wouldn't be any pressure to whittle down the potential edginess of the movie that could come with a theatrical consideration, because obviously this is for Hulu. Mm. Um, and the quote says, it's not a film that has to be all things to all people with a gargantuan budget they get to be authentically what they are this is closer to its genre roots um which i find to be pretty interesting part yeah i like that um but yeah there's a lot to unpack here and obviously we'll talk a little bit about fede as well in a sec about kind of where he's been in the last few years but yeah what (laughs) was your initial reaction i guess to fede alvarez directing an alien movie yeah i mean i I'd, i'd be very down for it i think you know fede is a guy that um you know we've we've been fans of and and want to be want to continue to be fans of you know he's kind of made two absolutely fantastic movies and has just been kind of floating really pretty much ever since what was it the um spike girl and the spider's web yeah um and it's kind of kind of insane really and yeah I, i just want him to stick with something and get something out really um you know but but then Moving on to Hellraiser, uh, Hellraiser. <laughs> that was what he was previously attached to. Moving on to Alien, like I, you know, what was it? Alien Covenant was it the last yeah. one we had? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I enjoyed Covenant. I enjoyed Prometheus. I, I enjoy the Alien movies pretty much, and I think um, I like the fact that you know we've had Prometheus and Covenant that kind of has the nods to the original and stuff. And I think at this point, it's just kind of well give me aliens, give me a Wayland Corp logo if you want, but I really don't care. Like I just want aliens and a really cool setting and a really cool story about the aliens. Um, and, and I think that could be really great, you know? And, and I think that is a franchise that really doesn't need to be stuck in its roots. It, it has these creatures that don't need to be the creatures from the previous movies. They're just aliens. They can evolve them. They can change them. And, yeah, I think it's a franchise that can work and in the right hands can be really fun. Yeah, it's it's, it's really interesting with Fede because, like you say, he's obviously he he's only directed three movies, which feels like not enough considering sort of how long you know it's, it's over a decade or, or coming up to sorry a decade since evil dead remake and yeah. obviously yeah his first two movies evil dead remake and don't breathe are so such amazing horror movies um i think they were both the best horror movie of the, the year that they were released and it was like this guy was just on a perfect streak and i was so excited to see what was next and then when he obviously made The Girl in the Spider's Web back in 2018, I was so disappointed off the bat that he was not making a horror movie. Still watched the movie and excited for it, and it was just such a bad movie. And then, and so now he's just been stuck there for four years, getting attached to all these projects that keep falling through. Um, he has kind of done some TV, dabbled with TV last year. Um, obviously, he wrote the, the Don't Breathe sequel. Um, rather interestingly, because I don't think we mentioned it, because I knew he was a producer on the, the new mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, but he actually was one of the story writers as well for that film um which which, yeah i pray that he just wrote the kills um because if he wrote any of the characters then i'm I'm very very worried about his mental well-being um (laughs) but 
yeah, this project I think is great. I just want to see a Fede Alvarez horror movie at this point, mm. so I don't care what it is. Um, but as far as Alien goes, I definitely think there's more room for Alien. It's cool. not a franchise that I feel fatigue with, where yeah. it, like there's a lot of franchises that you kind of roll your eyes at. At this point, where it's like, oh my god, they're making another one, like Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Whereas I think with Alien, it's like, oh no, it's been a good while. Um, and obviously Alien Co- Covenant wasn't that too long ago, but that and Prometheus were so different because they tried to be this like franchise within a franchise. Mm. so i think going back to the kind of the first two movies in particular and creating a modern day version of those in whatever setting you choose could be fantastic um and it is exciting of course when like you hear that he had this pitch and obviously ridley scott really liked that pitch so yeah i just hope that it's it's his next project and we get Mm -hmm. to see it maybe next year would be fantastic um so yeah but i'm sure we'll be talking in three months uh that this is broken down and fede's attached to something else um and that's the thing that's the thing that frustrates me i've been joking about it for like over a year at this point that that's what fede's become he's become the guy that gets attached to every project and then the only movies that actually get released with his name on he's just the producer and Mm -hmm. it's like i don't care about that i want to see a movie directed by Mm -hmm. fede like that's what i want to see two of them are incredible i want to see a third horror movie from the guy um so yeah we shall see on that one um next up this is just a nice little one um a little update on uh chucky of course um obviously season one last year was absolutely fantastic and if you haven't seen it already um you can be picking it up on blu-ray pretty soon um so basically uh, in the states it's out on april 12th um and it is just like a bog standard blu-ray whereas rather interestingly the uk um whilst it does come slightly later on may 2nd we actually get a a kind of more special edition of chucky season one um so it's called the good guys edition um and it's available for pre-order now on amazon uk and it's 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 not anything too crazy, but there is some nice stuff in there. There's some art cards. There's like a, a 32 page booklet. Um, it is just like a slightly better than a normal release. Um, mm. But I think it's nice anyway. Like, I think, first of all, it's fantastic that we in the UK actually get a release. Yeah. Um, because obviously, when it comes to like TV, you never know if they're going to be bothered to put it out on Blu ray. Um, in today's world, they're like, oh, yeah, you can just catch it on streaming or whatever, you know, because I think it's like just constantly available on Sky, basically, in the UK. Um, yeah. So to actually yeah. put it out, a physical copy, which is great. Um, but then the fact that it is slightly better than like the bog standard one in the States is cool as well. Um, it's also worth noting that on the listing on amazon uk it says it's region free in the title um which is great so obviously if you're in the states and you want to get this version then you can pick it up um but yeah we'll we'll get to rewatch chucky in the best way obviously going into hopefully season two like they keep saying it's this year so yeah i think that's the thing like you know we got an ash versus evil dead uk blu-ray and i was Mm. just grateful that you know it had some stuff on it had some decent Mm. features in the end but then the fact that it just existed and we could own something that we loved you know i I like to uh, over the years now i've kind of got to the point where i don't just buy anything but when there's something that i really love i like to have that physical version of it you know at this point Mm. it's it's almost like just the wall of you know things that i really like yeah instead of just trying to just you know back in before streaming you just kind of get most releases just to watch them and and yeah yeah, you know so i like the fact that yeah this is one of very few TV shows that I'd want to get. I think like, you know, I saw, um, 
uh, I think, I don't think it was Midnight Mass. It might have been like Hill House, you know, had a Blu-ray. I don't think, I think, I can't remember if I, I don't know, I think I've seen a Midnight Mass one. No, but, I don't you know, think, he, yeah, I think I saw Mike Flanagan talking about that on Twitter, being like, yeah. release it on Blu-ray and Netflix just won't. Yeah, but they did, they did Hill House. They did I do think. Hill House, yeah, with yeah. commentaries as well. And like, and that almost tempted me. And I'm like, oh, that's just silly like because i but because i have this netflix subscription and it probably is never going off netflix whereas like you know chucky at some point isn't going to be available and so having the physical does does make more sense in my weird mind and so yeah Yeah. i I, want to pick it up i also think like there's a legacy to this where like obviously hill house is like a brand new thing whereas if you Mm. like if you have all the child's play movies on blu-ray then it's going to look perfect in the collection and kind of add to it because obviously it's all part of that that original canon so uh yeah, fantastic news on that one. I just, I just love a bit of Chucky, man. It's just mm-hmm. one of those, uh, one of the few things of last year that I look back on with just such like happiness. It was just such a joy talking about that, especially like on the podcast because we just had such excitement every week to talk about it. It was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, last bit of news this week, um, and this one's interesting because it is actually linked to the movie that we're just about to talk about um so the batman um basically there was already a couple of uh spin-offs in the works um most notably that there is going to be a solo series based upon the penguin um and these are all basically coming to hbo max um this part of again their kind of big restructuring with their new streaming service and they are like making a lot of spin-offs on based upon their huge ips most notably the kind of warner bros stuff um because i think there's a dune tv show coming um right. and obviously we got peacemaker for suicide squad um and I-, I can't believe there isn't like a matrix tv show at this point um but yeah basically we know that there's a penguin show coming which is cool and then the second project which didn't sound as cool has shifted and now sounds incredibly cool um <laughs> So it was originally going to be centered on the police department, and that was kind of all we really knew, which was like, okay. But but basically, Matt Reeves on a podcast was talking this week in light of obviously the movie coming out, and he basically said that 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 show has now evolved and shifted into um, something involving Arkham. Um, And so his quote was... um, the story has evolved. We're actually now moved into the realm of exactly what would happen in the world of Arkham as it relates to coming off the back of our movie and some of its characters, again with their origins. It's like a horror movie or a haunted house that is Arkham. Um, so that right there is the quote that's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's very interesting. Um, he goes on to say, Again, the way that Gotham is a character in the movie, I really want Arkham to exist as a character also, so that you get into this environment and encounter these uh, characters in a way that feels really fresh. Um, And so, yeah, that's basically the main main part of the quote. Um, But yeah, I mean... I would love this. I think Arkham yeah, it's is rife. it's rife for it, isn't it? You know, we've, oh, yeah. we've already played this in a video mm. game, and it's yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and so yeah, it's one I of the think... biggest parts about any Batman story. I think is Arkham, and yeah, yeah. it's criminally underutilized. Well, in the movie world, in particular, you mm. know, we're we're not comic book guys. We've said it before, so like you know, we don't have all of this lineage with the Ar- Arkham in comic books. We, we see it briefly in like you know in terms of the 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 batman cinema movies Mm. arkham is just a thing that you see like in this movie a few minutes and you're like that's cool and that's all you ever have got so yeah to have something that's truly set in arkham i i think would be fantastic 
Yeah, and it's perfect so, for a longer format like TV, yeah. um, and especially like say once it's on a streaming platform, you don't have to worry about certain restrictions like you do with a movie. And so the fact that he's like already out there saying these things, it's cool, man. Like it's very, very exciting. Um, so yeah, well, who knows what this will be when it'll come out? But it's it's cool news. Um, but that yeah. kind of leads us in perfectly. Shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about the Batman. So yeah, I guess there uh, there isn't really much to say prior to this one. They they made another movie starring the old Batman. They did indeed. They did indeed. With a, with a new face this time, though. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a good place to start, really, because <laughs> I think, um, you know, the, the, the Patterson announcement is something that I find hilarious because we've seen him in recent years. We've spoken about him a lot with the podcast. You know, mm. he was in our movie of the year for, for um, uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're very much aware of what he's like now. And that made me incredibly excited for him to be cast as the Batman. Um, you know, Batman is a movie that I speak to a lot of regular people about. And the amount of people that are like, Robert Patterson, why have they <laughs> cast him? Like, he's not been in anything in years. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> and like, it is a weird one. And, I, and, and it kind of just sets up kind of what this movie is and kind of the reason why we we decided it's got enough to give us a nod really where this you know patterson is an incredibly dark actor these days and can really go there um and you know this movie tonally is is very dark and very kind of you know it, it never really has any significant level of light and glossiness like the previous kind of batman movies or anything like that and it's really carrying on the mantle to me from joker and from um where dc seemed to be wanting to take batman currently and that world um and that makes me incredibly happy you know that we've kind of um you know i don't i don't really want to you know, shit on like Justice League and kind of, you know, Ben Affleck and all of that stuff because yeah, it's in the past. Can but do. like yeah, but it's just you know, it's in the past and like thank God. But it you know, it it could have it you know, it didn't need to be as bad as what it was. And it really could have had these moments, you know, the kind of Jared Leto kind of Joker could have been something fun. You know, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn could have been more fun and like all of these things and they just never wanted to get the characters with Batman. And it was incredibly frustrating. And and we never got to see, you know, Ben Affleck barely was Batman in those movies. He was Bruce Wayne majority of the time. Yeah. Whereas this movie kind of writes that wrong almost instantly where Robert Patterson is 90% Batman in this movie. Yeah. Um, Bat, you know, this movie is about Batman and Bruce Wayne is very much a persona of Bruce Wayne when he really has to be. He is, you know, much more akin to the Keaton style Batman, and he's even more of a recluse, where he basically is just the Batman and then sleeps during the day. And yeah. then if he very, ha- you know, if he has to, normally because it will further something he's doing for Batman, he'll he'll go out. Um, and I think that was a great choice and a great kind of, you know, it's almost then that the the um, 
the Patterson performance isn't like, you know, what, what you'd kind of expect it to be because he is, you know, the, the, the Kate Crusader instead of, um, you know, Bruce Wayne, where, where you've got more character development and that sort of thing. You know, the real interactions he has in this movie is between him and Alfred, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think the other thing about this movie is that um, we join we join Batman kind of, you know, very much in this established world. Um, you know, he, he is very much established as Batman. We have kind of Gordon and Penguin and all of these characters that we've seen in the trailer. And it's not like, oh, how does Penguin become Penguin? How does Batman become Batman? All of these things. It's like, no, these characters are just there. And they're already these characters. And at this point, I kind of just breathe a sigh of relief because I enjoy these characters. I enjoy this world a hell of a lot, but I just don't want to see these origin stories anymore. I want to see the cool stories that you can tell with these characters, your spin on these characters. And I think that's what, again, mentioning it, where the Arkham games did that, where the Arkham games, the video game said, you know, this this is our this is our penguin this is our riddler and this is what they do because you know who riddler is so mm. we're not going to we're not going to spend an hour telling you who riddler is you know who he is and this is our version of it and that's what this movie does and i think that's one of the things that i i, I really enjoyed the most was that you know it it didn't it didn't say to me you need to read every batman comic it spoke exactly to my level of batman knowledge where it was kind of like, oh, no, you know who Penguin is, so now just look at this cool version of Penguin. And I think that was one of the things that I, I enjoyed. And, and, yeah, kind of, you know, very briefly to touch on plot, it is basically, you know, very well-established Batman with um, the introduction of the Riddler and the Riddler kind of causing chaos and in a, in a real dark way that I didn't really tonally get from the trailers at all. Um, you hadn't watched the trailers previously, but have you now seen them? No, I, I think I saw like the first one they did years mm. ago, um, <laughs> and that's it. So I haven't seen any of the recent yeah. stuff. I do remember the first trailer with Riddler speaking in it mm. um, ages ago, but I, yeah, I haven't seen any of the recent ones. No, but like I didn't. I mean, you know, I, I tried to just kind of absorb them, but without really paying too much attention to mm. them. And I just got from it. I really like the way this movie looks from the trailers, and that's about it. And I'm yeah. down. And, and and yeah, but like Riddler is incredibly dark in this. He is, you know, it's probably the best jigsaw stuff we've seen uh, in, in, in a in a movie since Saw 6, probably. Oh, e easily, um, yeah. Like, he, he is this great combination of like Jigsaw slash Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Um, and obviously like heavily inspired by Seven as well. And it mm -hmm. just, it works so well for this character. Yeah. It's just perfect. Yeah, and it was so great. And it is Riddler's, you know, this is Batman versus Riddler with other characters in it, basically. And and uh, I think that was a really great, um, you know, choice. And it was fun to see a character that we've not seen for so long on the big screen. Um, and to see such a different version of that character as well um and and so so yeah and it, you know it's it's that journey and it's riddler you know basically hunting down a group of corrupt people within gotham and exposing them and killing them in pretty horrific jigsaw type traps and ways in um you know i i think they're 
it wouldn't surprise me if there's a cut of this movie that's even more hardcore than what it is. You know, they obviously tried hard to get the ratings down. Mm. Um, and, and it, and, and I do, you know, I think that's probably my biggest criticism. I've kind of, kind of gone into my thoughts on it a bit. Um, and I'll let you go and then I'll go into them a bit more. But I think, you know, the, the biggest criticism I really have is that I feel like they, they went 80% and they, 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 they just needed to hit a little bit harder on those things. You know, I think when we did our episode on Joker, um, we had pretty much zero intentions on doing an episode on Joker. And then we watched the movie and we're like, well, this is, this is incredibly dark with just crazy violence in like, Mm. you know, this is our movie. And whereas this one, you know, it, it is dark. Riddler is, you know, Jigsaw Killer 7, whatever you want to call him. He is that. But it just it just pulls that punch a bit. And even some of the stuff with Batman, like it's it definitely has its moments. Like, don't get me wrong. It definitely does. But I just felt like there is definitely some stuff on the cutting room floor that would have just pushed it a little bit more and would have been that really dark kind of sequel to the Joker or to Joker, which I would have that I would have really wanted just to really, you know, I think DC need to put that stake in the ground. They, they went, they tried to go head to head with uh, Marvel with the whole justice league and Ben Affleck. And, you know, we, we all saw how that ended and, you know, Batman at this point is a bunch of people that are, you know, older and want to see a dark Batman. And so, you know, I, I'm glad we got as dark as we did, but definitely I think my biggest criticism is I wish it just went a little bit more. Well, and we know that that was the case, obviously, because for the longest time they were talking about, you know, this is going to be the first R-rated Batman movie. And then I don't really know when that changed um but it was kind of like as we got close to this we kind of knew like no it's not it's going to be pg-13 and it's interesting because it still ended up being a 15 in the uk which kind of just shows you that a they obviously don't care because it's such a small market Mm. um because i do think this being a 15 is wild that like there's going to be a bunch of you know young people and kids that want to see the new batman movie that just can't um you know whereas like 12a pretty much anyone can get in um so it is surprising to me. And yeah, like, and it's even more surprising, like you say, because of Joker. We talked about it at the time that, like, there was a reason why that was monumental. You know, when an R rated movie makes a billion dollars worldwide yeah. and. Yeah, you need winning, to stand up and take note then. Yeah, and it's like everyone loved it and it's winning big Oscars and it made a shit ton of money. It's like there was just a perfect excuse to keep making more of that, basically. And so, yeah, it was weird that, like, they obviously got cold feet the closer they got to this. And obviously releasing an r-rated batman movie would be an incredibly bold choice and i think Mm. that ultimately this movie especially obviously with the pandemic as well you're not going to get those money the the same figures that joker made um and obviously this movie seems to be doing incredibly well over the weekend so it's clearly the right decision but yeah like it's it's wild because the movie's so dark so grim tonally it's it is three hours of the darkest gotham we've we've ever seen by far on the big screen you know it is just an awful awful place it's always supposed to be that it's supposed to just be like the biggest cesspool it's the reason why all of the jokes about certain Batman lore actually are answered, where people say, like, well, how come this one place has all these crazy supervillains? It's like, because it's the biggest shithole ever. Like, they can get away with it. Like, that's why. And it's like, well, why do these people live here? Well, they don't want to live here. They're trying to get... Everyone's trying to get out of Gotham mm. as much as they can. And the only people that are happy there are the, are the people that are corrupt because they're in on it. Um 
And this movie perfectly encapsulates that. Like, I think Gotham is like the shining star of this entire movie. Um, and I think that it's kind of intense from the start of like, yeah, we want this to be a Batman story and a Gotham story. We don't really care about it being a Bruce Wayne story um, or anything like that. Um, it's not going to try and have some big grand plan. Like, I think picking the Riddler is great because not only can you do it incredibly dark, like how they did it. But he is a small-time villain, in a sense. Um, he doesn't have the kind of grand goals that a lot of DC villains perhaps can have. Um, and even though Joker is very flexible, like, he can be doing the smallest things, but he can also be just, like, blowing shit up, like, buildings and skyscrapers, and it kind of all works with the Joker. But, like, Riddler just feels like it's a lot more personal, which is just yeah. perfect for the story. Um, and I do think even someone like maybe Catwoman isn't best suited to this style of universe um i, I know we're kind of jumping all over the shop here because there's like this is a very long movie with a lot going on but like to me she's someone who really gets lost in the shuffle um well, i feel i feel like catwoman is kind of quite linked to bruce wayne quite often 100%. you know and and you, you tend to get selena kyle and bruce wayne and then the conflict of batman and catwoman and so in mm. this movie you you don't get that you get selena and Catwoman kind of conflicting with with just Batman, and it's it is yeah. a little bit odd. And, it, and and with with a movie that's so dark and and cannot be understated that it is just a flat pulse, you know, of darkness. Mm. And and then to kind of have her in it, it 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 doesn't make sense. I kind of think like Poison Ivy might have been a better shout in terms of like yeah, you know, having a female character, but having just more of a overtly villain villain and not have this kind of conflict, but. I mean, she did serve a good purpose in the story. I liked her in this movie, but yeah, it it, it is the one that didn't fully set. Yeah, now that you say that, and it's like, oh yeah, there are so many other characters oh. that just could have suited this a bit more. Whereas, yeah, I don't know, there's something about her that is way more, I guess, extravagant, where she's kind of like this jewel thief and stuff. And I don't know, there's just something about with how dark and grim this world is. And e even Penguin fits that perfectly because he's just like got this scumbag criminal. Oh, Penguin's, Penguin's great, yeah. Yeah, he, they, they all tie into it. And like I say, this is such a Batman story. Bruce Wayne's barely in it, which I think is awesome. Like, I, I want to talk about Batman fatigue because I, I definitely have it. I think this is ultimately... He's the superhero we've seen more than ever, like in anything, uh, obviously, let alone just movies, but then with video games as well, which we're obviously a big fan of and we played them all. Um, and most of them have obviously been exceptional. Like he's just we've had so much Batman. And so, like you say, I'm so glad they didn't try and tell the same origin story again. Um, it was almost even laughable that joker had those moments like i couldn't believe that in joker which is an incredible movie they mm. like crowbarred in a, a batman origin story Mental. which was the same as what we've seen time Mental. and time again where i was like oh my god we're outside the theater with the pearls breaking again like i just anytime i think of that scene now i like cringe because we've seen it a yeah. trillion times there's, and there's so i'm so glad this hell. wasn't in this film yeah there's not a way in hell you can show that now and no. it, it it has any impact on me no, it's just like, yeah. oh my god, I'm I'm laughing at it at this point, which is so clearly not the intention of seeing the you know the parents of a young child die. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm so glad with that, and then yeah, I'm just so glad the focus was on Batman because I think that yeah. with 
one of the biggest strengths of the Dark Knight trilogy, which still doesn't feel that long ago, let alone all the recent bullshit, was like, we got such a good Bruce Wayne. And so, like, if you want that, it's there and it's great. You get to see millionaire playboy Bruce Wayne in all his glory. And I think that um, he was perfect for that role at the time. Whereas now, I just don't care about that. I think it's one of the least interesting parts of this world anyway. Um because it's like oh cool he's just a guy with a bunch of money like it's just not that interesting whereas the idea of this guy who is this sleep deprived maniac who wants to he's he's wishing away his days so he can fight crime at night um i think is just such an interesting character and yeah it's so dark and they they nail all that stuff about it um obviously this movie is like insanely long um just under three hours and it definitely feels it um which is a shame because i think that you could easily do this and not feel the the runtime i think we've seen a lot of long ass superhero movies that haven't remotely felt the length and i think that there's a lot going on here with batman with riddler and with penguin especially that could easily fill that runtime but unfortunately the movie doesn't do that what the movie does do is incorporates a bunch of other elements particularly in the middle act which i didn't find interesting at all um which is always to do with the kind of the file the falcone crime syndicate aspect of gotham Mm. um which again similarly with the playboy stuff if i was then saying my second least favorite part of batman it would be that stuff i've never found it interesting yeah in any iteration of batman um across all the movies and the games and i have actually read about a dozen batman comics like he's the only one who i have i haven't read a single marvel comic um whereas i have read a lot of justice league batman a lot of like dark knight returns and stuff and yeah i just don't there's something about it's like oh yeah i get it they're all corrupt and it's just like they're all interchangeable and they're all just like these swami you know knockoffs from the goodfellas like it's just I don't find that interesting at all. And so, like, if that's just there as the backdrop, like, they use it very limited in The Dark Knight, which I think was good, to just get the Joker in cool scenes um, when he's obviously working with those guys. Whereas Mm. in this one, it's like, you get so bogged down in the middle of this movie with, like, who was working with who? Oh, my God, he's on the payroll. Oh, my God, it's all corrupt. And I just didn't care. And I think the movie did do one thing which was interesting which which kind of tied the wayne family legacy into that um but i don't know do you remember the the batman telltale video game series yeah um obviously there was two seasons of that and they did this basically the same storyline um which to my knowledge i think was the first time that had ever happened um because i remember there was a huge reception to it at the time being Mm -hmm. like oh this is cool that like they're really ripping up throwing out yeah like what you yeah, like what you think of the Wayne family. And that was co- and completely deconstructing it. And then what does Batman mean if his legacy has been tarred? Because ultimately that's what he's fighting for, as well as for Gotham. So I thought putting that in here was cool. It just wasn't interesting. And like it was really just watered down. It was all just boring conversations. And and again, it's hard because we're jumping all over the shop because it's mm. an insanely long movie. But I've had an hour and 15 minutes of incredibly intense riddler character work where he's sending clues to batman batman is on the crime scene actually being the world's greatest detective um and they nailed that detective stuff like again the arkham games you feel like a detective when you're playing them as batman and it's incredible i've never even felt like batman was a detective in any of the previous films prior to this one not not Um, for a second no no whereas this one it's straight away like he knows his shit and it's awesome and all of those scenes are great with him and um commissioner gordon 
Um, and again, the back and forth with Riddler, what's he going to do next? He felt genuinely unhinged to me. I felt like he was genuinely going to kill anyone at any time, which was great. Yeah, Riddler's great. But then the movie just stops that for like at least a good 45 to 50 minutes in the middle. It's all about the gangster shit, which I said don't care about. A lot of that is then tied into Catwoman, which is probably why I'm so um, uninterested by this version of Catwoman. And it's probably not her fault. It's just she's so bogged down in the minutiae of all the gangster stuff that I just don't care about. Um, and even Penguin gets dragged down a little bit into that. And I, I really liked Penguin in this movie. And I'm really glad he's getting his own show because we really don't see enough of him. Um no. But yeah, the the middle of the movie just really brought me down. Um, but yeah, the, there's a lot of other stuff. But like, we'll we'll come back to it. What, what did you make of it? I guess like overall, it's very hard, isn't it? A movie to kind of get across your overall opinions because well, it's three yeah, hours long, you so you're clearly not going to feel break. the same way yeah. about all of it. <laughs> well, I kind of thought I'll take a break and let you chip in. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. it takes so long. But yeah, I think yeah, back off that. I think yeah, I'm certainly the same. That you have all of these villains that are so interesting and so intricate and when you think of someone you know if you just use like you know joker penguin um riddler you know uh, as like the the you know the joker that you get all the time and these two that are in this movie you know there are so many iterations you can do of those characters so many Mm. different tweaks and variants you know as dumb as those movies are like the jim carrey version of riddler was amusing and now we have like this crazy dark one. And I remember mm. like when we had the Dark Knight uh, trilogy, Riddler was a character that I really was hoping to see um, yeah. because I'm like, oh, I want to see like an actual, like, you know, non-cartoon version of Riddler um, because I saw a fun cartoon one and like we got to see Two-Face in those. And, and then, yeah, now to see Riddler, like I love these dark versions of these characters. And I think... Um, you know but then but yeah with because uh, it's falcone and what's the other guy's name there's the other like leader. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll look it up yeah. i try and forget because like, they're all the same mascarpone or something and yeah and it's just like and i just i'm just like with both of them they're so interchangeable and they are they're just generic hitmen you know mm. uh gangsters and and um you know these generic mob bosses that just are in a plethora of kind of average tv shows movies and everything else and it's just not what makes batman stand out and i think when they they always try to say that like oh they're like the um big boss you know they're the ones that are doing it all and it's just like i don't mind if they're the puppet master even but i i just want them to be in the background if that's the case because i'm never excited about the end goal being them i'm always excited about the villains and and so yeah i i didn't in the moment, I didn't, I didn't share your criticism, but kind of beyond it, I was like, oh, I, I loved Riddler. You know, I thought, I thought Riddler was absolutely fantastic. I loved how dark and unhinged he was, and I definitely enjoyed him more when he was masked and and more kind of going nuts. But I also felt like we didn't get enough of him when he was unmasked to actually mm. kind of delve into it there and see truly how in un unhinged he is when he's not on camera just him conversationally you know you basically just get two conversations you get him with batman and and him with you know the 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 other prisoner um and i think that's kind of you know that that is disappointment because i would like to have seen him more like that and have less of the bosses but but overall with it being a three-hour movie um I didn't feel that fatigued by the runtime, which um, 
regular listeners listeners of the show might have just taken a deep breath because I'm not going <laughs> to moan about it because I kind of um, felt like with this and what we've just tried to unpack, the fact that we have this established world of of, of um, Gotham and these established characters and it's not this setup it's, and it's actually just trying to get you to catch up and be like, well, where is Penguin right now? You know, he's not in his infancy kind of you know being becoming a villain he's somewhere on the chain and where is he on the ladder you know Catwoman is you know where she's at and all of these things and like I would have um you know I, I I enjoyed having that all unpacked and so I never really felt bored it the closest I ever did to being a little bit fatigued was that moment when we when we turned to Falcone and all of that stuff um but i was still just chomping at the bit to see riddler i never got bored of patterson like in in the bat suit like i thought i thought he looked great i thought the batman look looked great it's what i wanted um i really enjoyed his bruce outside of it just that he is this shell of a man that's just you know he just never takes the eye makeup off because he's like what's the point like i'm gonna whack i'm gonna whack it back on in 12 hours or when it gets dark again instantly so i'm just going to go to sleep like i'm going to eat <laughs> sleep and then i'm putting the makeup back on and i'm back out there and i don't give a fuck and i really like that i think um another thing that we haven't spoken about at all uh or very briefly is andy circus is alfred um I really I, you know i love andy circus and so i I, I'm, I was i was happy seeing him as alfred and um enjoyed like a, again a bit of a different take on alfred i kind of um well, was it a different take well just just a slightly you know just a you know bit of a younger one and kind of um you know with with andy circus i just i just thought it was more fun and like you know just like you know mainly the age more than anything because i think we're just historically used to alfred being much older yeah um and you know i i enjoyed him kind of sitting there solving the puzzles and doing doing his stuff in the background and kind of not really being his waiter at all and just being Batman's assistant. Whereas I think in the other movies, he's very much Bruce Wayne's waiter and then kind of begrudgingly does a little bit of Batman stuff. Where obviously in this movie, he has no choice. If he's not doing Batman stuff, he's not in this movie. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed that side more. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really hope we we see Patterson in the bait, you know, in the mask again and, and kind of, um, you know, e exploring this new universe of Batman and what these villains could look like. You know, I think kind of every, every Batman villain, it's, you know, to me, it's where they've gotten kind of disillusioned or, or kind of in a mess in the last few years is where they're like, Oh, the villains are so cool. Let's just have them do stuff. Let's have, suicide squad and and birds of prey and you know all of these things and and you know even joker even though i loved that movie it's like let's have all these on their own without batman and it's like no i want these cool characters with a cool batman and now mm. we have a cool batman let's get him here you know i'm i'm more than happy to have joker on his own when he's good if the alternative is him on screen with ben affleck but but <laughs> now we've got patterson i'm like let's let's get joker in the mix let's Let's see what, uh, you know, whoever, you know, could be, you know, and like I say, I'd, I'm excited for, for all of these, you know, I think, um, you know, I'd like to see a Poison Ivy. And again, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to get into these crazy Batman villains, you know, I, I have the 
the video game knowledge that helps me get into them somewhat and it is the more mainstream ones but i think she'd be really fun you know and i think kind of other ones like that 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 i think the 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 casual to pretty into batman people will get instead of going into kind of um you know the polka dot mans of the world and that sort of thing necessarily although i would fucking yeah. love to see him <laughs> yeah like calendar man <laughs> yeah but but yeah and it would be fun to see if they ever do try to tie it to any of the other kind of world slash movies that exist before or you know characters and stuff but, but i i kind of like a, a fresh restart you know i think with we've milked the teat of kind of some of these being cool. And, you know, we've had multiple Harley Quinn stuff and it's like, well, yeah, I like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, but that's kind of done for me now. Yeah. To piggyback off that, like I'm, I'm so glad that DC have been able to successfully pivot in these recent years, because I think that when after post dark Knight trilogy, obviously like that was just so incredible um, and was able to obviously people forget that that was like ongoing when like the Avengers was the biggest thing in the world and they mm. were able to kind of let this true auteur make this great project of movies this trilogy and then obviously piggybacking off that they were like oh we want a piece of that Avengers pie let's let's build everything let's well build and it's DCEU guys it's going to mean mm. something yeah. and it was just such a catastrophic failure in, in every sense of the word and I think Going off the back of that, they needed to just take a step back and just give the projects to interesting people who had interesting stories to tell. And so I think that with with Joker, with Suicide Squad, and now with this, it's it's brilliant that they oh. didn't feel the need that, like you say, all three of these movies could have been massively tied together and setting things up and yada, yada, yada. But instead, they just gave it to three really good filmmakers, sort of give them to the keys to the kingdom and say, just give us a good film. Okay. Um, and I think all three of those movies are really great films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really glad that they've been able to do that because... It's something that what Marvel have done is so special and so magical that no one will ever recreate it. And so like even though DC still has like superior characters, you're just it's not going to happen. Like you're not going to make that that world. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, treat Batman with the respect. Don't just let um, these other characters steal the limelight, because even though. As I keep saying, and I probably will refer to it again, like there definitely is Batman fatigue, but it's still Batman. Like it's still so exciting when he is on screen. And so I think that with this movie, um, it was just great to see him. Like I love the way this started. I was just reminded of it now, like how cool the opening scene was where you kind of see in Gotham. And again, they're immediately establishing just what an awful place Gotham is. And they keep just the camera just slowly zooms in on like pitch black. And like as a viewer, you're like squinting, like, is this where they're going to reveal Batman for the first time? And it's so cool because there's like a story reason for that, where you have the voiceover from Robert kind of explaining like why he does what he does and how he's not going to be able to take down all the crime, but just the very fear of the batman is enough to stop crime um and kind of seeing the bat symbol in the sky again it's something that has been around for so long but i don't think we've ever really had that in a movie that get across of like oh no the bat symbol isn't just there so he him and Mm. you know gordon can be on a rooftop it's to remind everyone in the city why they should be so scared right now that's almost Um, incidental that they meet up you know exactly and Um, so to get that across in such an interesting and powerful way and then 
they kept showing these different scenarios. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the one. Oh, this is going to be the one. And when he finally stepped out of the shadows, which was awesome, and it was very reminiscent of kind of in Inglorious Bastards when you have Eli Roth's character like emerging from the tunnel with the baseball bat, mm-hmm. and you can hear him hitting the the bat on the the side of the tunnel. Like you can hear Batman walk in before he's on screen. I thought he was going to go the, for Doomhead, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah there's that as well i mean he's on screen the whole time to be fair yeah i know um, i just wanted to reference a horror movie <laughs> um but yeah and so it was like it was just awesome and then like they immediately set the tone of like this is an ass kicking batman it's a dark batman it's an unhinged batman um and right off the bat i think they just nail the style again that's something which this movie deserves massive credit is like one of the stupidest like um problems i guess or criticisms is a better word that people have of quote-unquote superhero movies is like oh they're all the same which is like the dumbest thing anyway to say because it's just categorically not true Mm -hmm. um but movies like that just laugh in the face of that because this has such a distinct style and tone and even let's just ignore superhero movies and talk about just batman movies um and we've had you know dark stuff like dark the dark knight trilogy is fairly dark even though it does still have very glossy moments but it doesn't look anything like this movie like gotham has never looked like this on the big screen with how dark and this style and tone and again it's not just visual style it's the soundtrack as well the sound design in particular where everything just has a feel and a weight and a grittiness to it i the amount of like grunts i can remember hearing in this movie and just like punches to the face you know like teeth flying out is it's a very dark visceral movie in that sense which again like a lot of even the dark knight trilogy for example it felt very showy with its punches you know it felt very choreographed when there's like a fight scene yeah it whereas felt, this it didn't feel that way movie and gotham kind of still had hope you know you had harvey mm. dent and you had kind of this this rise of hope and, and you know you had all he these, was a very hopeful batman as well yeah and you had all these stuff in the daylight as well you know because you had mm. a lot of bruce wayne whereas this is you know, it's what I kind of touched upon. And I think that's the biggest point that I think I want to get across about it is that this really is dark and just it never, never has light. You know, it, yeah. there, there are very few scenes that are filmed in daylight, but not just that. It is just the soundtrack and the story and everything that, you know, it's basically like, well, will Riddler kill everyone? Or if he doesn't, someone else is going to like, it's not going to get better, but you've stopped Mm. this one. And, and it is just like this, this almost like, you know, conversation to be had about Bruce Wayne's sanity, where it's like, you know, you're fighting a losing battle, but you're going to just fight it anyway. And let's just see that journey. And like, you know, I, I would, I would love it if it got to the point where we saw, uh, Patterson, you know, trilogy or whatever and eventually him coming toe-to-toe with joker and joker getting the actual better of him and we actually get batman truly defeated on screen you know mm. i think i think that would be a you know why, why not how you kill off batman he can come back like in a new iteration and like why not have it where the stakes are that high in in the franchise um you know and i think i think that would be super fun i think um the well not super fun but super interesting and and um but yeah the 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 soundtrack is just the 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 tone of you know the the new kind of um you know uh batman theme is just so dark and so just it 
it's it doesn't ever change throughout the whole movie that opening scene where you see him to the final scene it's the same ominous sound because mm-hmm. it is just like this you know it, it's not hope i think is it is the main thing is that the batman sound is normally like you know the avengers music is like fuck yeah hope like they're gonna save the day this is just like oh yeah batman showed up to beat these guys up but who else is dying in gotham right now yeah <laughs> and yeah, I that's think... the thing there's such a foreboding to it where <laughs> yeah. normally yeah it, normally things are orchestral yeah. which immediately fills you with hope whereas this is so like down down beat isn't it where it's just kind of like it's just so i don't know it fits this tone perfectly mm. i think it is one of the best things about this entire movie is like getting that sound design right and like i say this is almost unheard of to have a mainstream movie that is three hours long that is just so devoid of hope like even joker had moments of hope in such a hopeless character Mm. there was still times when you feel like he was going to turn it around and there was these glimmers of happiness in his life and there was obviously jokes as well whereas this is just like it's just awful and we're Mm. saying that that had more hope than this one I definitely think tonally that had more hope for sure because there's just something about this where the the whole thing they're trying to get across is how hopeless Gotham is mm. and even though they have Batman it's like man just imagine this place without him and I think that's what gives so much weight to Batman is like the stresses of being Gotham's only savior is like it's he has the impossible job like he's never gonna fix these streets he's never gonna solve all the crime um and that is why he's so unhinged and so like relentless in his in his quest because he's like well i just have to spend every moment of my waking life dedicated to batman to at least make some sort of an impact on this city um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's overall like i really really like the film i'm a bit curious why i didn't have an insane excitement for it because i think all of the individual elements are brilliant other than a few like i love the the batman i love robert as batman it's incredible riddler is insanely good and it is easily one of my favorite dc villains of all time hands down this version of riddler Mm -hmm. is like is like up there with heath ledger's joker and is like he is so so good um Again, as a criticism, I would have liked more, um, especially in the finale. Um, I think Penguin is great, but again, he's not in it much. For me, Alfred and Gordon were fine. They're just, for me, they're always like the most copy and paste of the Batman characters. Um, Like they aren't too dissimilar to what we've seen in the Dark Knight trilogy, I don't think. Um, um, Catwoman was a disappointment. Again, I think she's just so bogged down in the the crime syndicate aspect, which I just don't find interesting. And I think that, again, she's the outlier because I think all of the other iterations of Catwoman I've seen, I've enjoyed a lot more than this, Mm. Um, which is weird because I really liked her performance and I was happy when she got cast, but it just didn't work for me. I I think it's because she's not, She's not really villainous. I know she is committing crimes in this, but she's doing it always against horrible people. So there's never really like a uh, a conflict with Batman. Mm. You know, she's. I don't think there's like. I might be wrong, but I don't think there's like a moment where he, you know, he's like, "I'm gonna have to like stop you doing this." Like there, yeah. there might be a moment where he's like, "I pro- you probably shouldn't like attack that person, but I'm gonna attack him if you don't." So I guess you can. Like there's never. Do you know what I mean? And that is the the, the rub with Cat Catwoman and Batman. Whereas 
they're either just working together in this movie or they just decide to you know to not but they never have this real conflict they don't ever have like a you know a, a fight or anything like that and i just kind of think like so she just becomes more of his sidekick basically mm. um and i kind of think you know I, I much prefer it when she is this just villain slash kind of you know um partner for batman and they kind of begrudgingly go together and then kind of realize it works um so yeah she 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 was the only one um yeah she's I, perhaps I, someone who could have helped with like having more in terms of potentially a prequel where if there was like a tv show that really dealt in for example her relationship with annika because like her entire quest basically in this film is like revenge and like i just didn't care because we never got to see why she why annika mattered to selena so it was just kind of like oh or were they just roommates i'm pretty sure they they were because that's traditionally what the selena kyle like character is is that she's bisexual and she's usually living with a female mm. when she encounters bruce um so I, I i got that vibe but again it's not like we've we barely see any of that it's just mm. kind of like oh no someone someone who i clearly cared about yeah. is no more and i want to well, find out who's done it essentially and it's just not that interesting they have one scene together that's mm. that that is through the eyes of batman spying on him with binoculars that's yeah. the only scene that we see them together. And and so that's why it is confusing. And I think kind of, <clears throat> you know, then the fact that she, she's not flirting with Batman, but, you know, they have their moments. Um, and I think that, you know, yeah. that feels weird if she's just lost a loved one. And so, yeah, I, I just didn't fully understand what her motive and intention was in it. But yeah, I think for me, I, I do land, <clears throat> I think, I think I'm a bit higher than you on it, but not, I still like, yeah, for me, I really thought I'd be like, hell yes, this is exactly what I wanted. And it didn't, it didn't fully stick it. And I think, you Mm. know, I think I'm, I think in my mind, I'm being overly harsh on it. And I think this is another one that, you know, I kind of, the weeks beyond when we, when we spoke about Scream, I started to like think about it more and more and got more and more and more excited to see it now. And I do wonder whether it'll get that way with this, where I'm like, Okay, now I've now I've digested it and I've seen this world and everything else, but it's just with that, you know, I, I am now going to bring it up that with that runtime, this isn't a movie that you're going to watch multiple times again and again and again. Um, but but yeah, I I still really enjoyed it. I think I think it's, you know, I think are you pretty much done going to recommendations? Yeah, well, that was just the last thing. Really, mm. was like yeah, that I really liked it, but there is a confusion, and I do wonder if it is either right movie at the wrong time which Mm. sometimes just can happen and you're just not in the mood for said movie at that said given time or it's what i'm saying which is just batman fatigue like i am feeling it 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 feels like okay i'm seeing another batman movie and even though it's fantastic and i loved batman um and the overall style it's like there's a whole plethora of stories that i'd rather see i guess at this point um where there's just an excitement to seeing things that you haven't seen so much and it's just like even you could release if the if the best batman movie ever made came out in two years from now i just wouldn't have an insane incitement for it because we've i've seen 
what nearly 10 batman movies at this point it's just it's just a lot isn't it for for one character yeah. i think and especially like i say because we played the games as well which was so great it's just i've had so many iterations of batman in my life in the past sort of 10 or 15 years and it's like it's, this is a this is another I, great one but... i think just to touch upon that briefly like i i don't like i don't know why but i don't think i feel fatigued with batman as much as like you talk about i get it and mm. i don't know why i don't but i think for me personally I've actually been like, right, there feels like enough time between Dark Knight trilogy and these to have some good Batman. And because the the other stuff has been so frustrating and the fact that Batman has been so not involved, you know, we kind of, we never got a, a Batman movie. We got, you know, a Batman and Superman movie. And then we just got him in the background. He's mostly unmasked. He's he's not the most interesting character in those movies. He's also not the most influential because he's just surrounded by people that are way more powerful than him. You know, the, the conflict scaled way above what he could handle. So Batman to me just wasn't great in those movies at all. And then we've had these kind of spin-offs. So for me, I'm like, Oh, I want to see Batman with the villains again at this point. And so mm. I was quite hungry for this really you know, but I, I don't know why, because I do, you know, I do get the fatigue, but I was kind of like, oh, okay, like, I just really like Batman, I like these villains, give me a dark one, but yeah, it still didn't, yeah, get me to that, that really high level, but I'm, I'm still pretty high on this, I think that's the thing, I don't want it to end with me kind of seeming like I'm not, I just, I just thought that this would be, you know, up there with one of the movies i enjoyed most this year whereas instead i think it's very very good but i i you know I, it's not one the way i'm like holy shit i need to see it tomorrow again um, yeah i think that's maybe the thing of like we've just seen a, we've been lucky that mm. in the last sort of six or eight months we've seen a lot of movies that have filled us with that giddy excitement um yeah. where it was just a case of i was so enthralled and entertained for it and then i immediately wanted to see it again whereas yeah this was just like all the individual elements are fantastic and on paper yeah. this should be just perfect and i, I think that ultimately i am really happy this got made mm. because the fact that uh, we we at once we're in a timeline where we were going to get a Batman movie written, directed, and starring Ben Affleck, which <laughs> felt like my worst nightmare come true, um, to then pivot and then be like, now nah, we're not going to do that. Matt Reeves is going to direct it, who I fucking love, and then Robert Patterson is going to be the star. It was like... It literally went from worst case scenario to best case scenario. I know. And, like, I don't know how that happened, so I'm just so thankful that happened. <laughs> definitely definitely and i think um you know that that world would have been would have been really tragic <laughs> <laughs> i would love to peek into that alternate universe no, just so no, we no. can actually laugh at it because i honestly think people aren't going to realize how much of a bullet no. we truly dodged <laughs> i think i think one of the things as well though i do wonder whether it could be a little bit of spider-man hangover because mm. you know we saw this crazy spider-man movie that incredibly delivered and like you know that bundled with the matrix it was kind of like you know suddenly the expectation is just mm. you know absolutely insanity and it's like th there there isn't really a way to go from those two movies apart from being a little bit lower yeah because 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 the ceiling you know they're at the ceiling and especially, you know, <clears throat> especially the direct comparison with Spider-Man, you know, the insanity of that, it, you know, it was kind of like, well, 
we we kind of needed something that that I almost feel like if there'd have been a movie in between, if we'd have got in like maybe Doctor Strange or something between these two, just to have something that kind of set set the bar a bit lower. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I've way, never really thought about comparing yeah. the two to be honest. I think they're so different. Like Spider Man is bar, is it's, a... just, it's just Spider Man and Batman are the two iconic. They are the two you know they are spider-man is a love letter to my spider-man fandom for the Mm. last you know since i was a child watching sam raimi's spider-man in cinemas this is just another iteration of a character Mm. i love so i don't you know i don't see them as sort of the same thing this isn't like if if it was christopher nolan's fourth batman film nolan with having you know keaton back (laughs) exactly yeah they somehow tied that in and then he's got his dark take on the riddler and it's like it's in that universe that would be a completely different story um but yeah there there was a, a question actually we had on twitter um so yeah it was from cody um that says what's your favorite aspect of the movie um i think i already said it but for me it was just the overall style and tone of the movie i think the fact that it was able to do something different and again i want to give dc sort of overall credit because i think that this joker suicide squad are all fantastic movies that all have different tones Mm -hmm. but this in particular is like out of all superhero movies has one of the most particular styles and tones that i can ever remember and i i loved it it's this is a film that like there is going to be so many perfect shots of batman in this film there's going to be like a dozen images that you could freeze frame and they would make the most gorgeous piece of batman art and overall the best batman we've ever seen on the big screen in terms of just visual style um which i think is incredible so yeah that would be my favorite aspect of the movie yeah i i i you know i think that that is it it's gotham and that world Mm. and it is the fact that it's super interesting and it is one where i want to see the spin-offs you know when there was gotham tv show i dipped into it for a couple episodes and i was like like there's no batman and again like i say this is one of my problems with things where it was like we're getting all of this stuff that's not got batman um but then it just wasn't like that great a Gotham for me. Whereas this is like an incredibly exciting Gotham. You know, it's it's just what I kind of have always pictured it to be. And I think it is the closest on-screen representation of what we've had in the Arkham video games. You know, I think it, it has to be, you know, there has to have been nods there. It's incredibly influenced by it, I think. You know, the way mm. Riddler looks and all of that. and And yeah, and I think it is that coupled with seeing you know riddler and penguin in this style in this kind of universe was was fantastic as well um also just very briefly like we we didn't speak about it before but like the batmobile as well Mm. was like um you know so like just scale back and kind of like i think when i saw the the concept i did see like the concept pictures of it and i was like oh i don't like this like it looks just not like crazy enough but imagine if like the batman forever batmobile was batmobile was just <laughs> shoved into this you know but in my mind that's kind of what i want like the you know the, the over the top but but this really worked with this movie and it was just it was the perfect car for him to have for this scenario because he's it isn't like a batmobile with all these crazy gadgets he's just got like this batshit crazy car that that like just wrecked house and so, yeah, I, I thought it was a great Batmobile as well, which yeah. suited this movie visually. 
I, I love the Batmobile. I had no clue what it looked like going in. And so when it showed up, I was like, oh, this is great. It's like, again, it's so different to what we've seen. Um, and again, in a, in a character and in a kind of characters mm. that we've seen on screen more than any other in terms of superheroes, the fact that they are still able to give certain parts of the movie just a completely different flavor. Those for me are the things that really stand out of like the Batmobile has never looked this way. The Riddler has certainly never acted this way. Gotham has never been this dark before. Um, so yeah, those those are the things that i'll definitely take away and yeah like in terms of spin-offs like man if this what we talked about in the news earlier if this kind of horror inspired arkham series uh-huh. is a reality just pay just give a blank check to matt reeves and let him write whatever the hell he wants in it to get him as as much involved with the show like please get him directing some of the episodes of it because like he's so underrated as a director anyway mm. like throughout his whole career he's he's been absolutely astounding since his bloody you know first movie was cloverfield like yeah. which is just incredible um yeah, he and is a what he's done, and, and you know, definitely should have more. Yeah, so yeah, I just want him to be involved in it. It would be so good, and yeah, like it seems like they will do as well. So yeah, it's it's exciting times. Obviously, the movie's doing well as well. So like, it, we could be, um, you know, seeing a sequel probably greenlit fairly soon. So that'll be pretty interesting as well. Um, but yeah, good times. Very very fun movie there. I'm guessing. I mean, we we didn't do recommendations, but we're obviously both going to recommend it. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I would say is that horror fans should mm. should try to give this a go because tonally it Definitely. is so dark, and especially if you do like this sort of thing, you know, you're not. This isn't this isn't Batman Forever. You know, no. this isn't Jim Carrey as Riddler, and so you know, actually you know if it, if the other side of things and this conversation interests you i think it, it really is worth a shot for, for horror fans because i think like i say those nods to horror i really enjoyed and how dark this movie was were you know was also enjoyable enjoyable you know the conversation we've just had we're clearly batman fans as well but i think i think there was enough there to make it to make it fun for a horror fan yeah, 100%. Like, we've never seen Batman, like, this close to horror before and this dark. And, yeah, if you're into Seven, Saw, Zodiac, killer stuff, anything to do with, like, crazy mind games of serial killers, like, that that aspect of this movie is so awesome. Um, obviously, that isn't what this entire movie is because it's a three-hour movie and there's plenty of more traditional stuff in there. But, yeah, that aspect for horror fans, it, it'll definitely be, like, say, we've... I mean, we've already seen it this year, not to hit, like, a to, to beat a dead horse. But, like, there's more horror in this than there was in Lamb. Like, and <laughs> everyone spent the entire of last year calling Lamb a horror movie. And it's like... <laughs> This had more horror in it. So, and again, where the hell are we with genre these days? Who knows? Um, But yeah, that was our discussion on The Batman. Uh, We will take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, that is pretty much it for another week. Um, obviously, there is um, some stuff coming out soon. Um, it's just whether or not we can get our hands on it. I mean, because... I've been storing up uh, Walking Dead, if not, and I will do an episode on it. <laughs> That's fine. You can you can figure out how to uh, record and publish on your own that week. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm making you but... sit there. It's, but um yeah obviously like ty west x um is oh, apparently out on the 18th of march which is next friday um 
on IMDb, it does say UK release 18th of March, but obviously, who knows? Like, other than that piece of information, if you type in the movie with UK, there's like nothing on the internet. <laughs> no different production companies attached. I can't find any sort of information. Um, you know, whether it's still A24, who knows? Um, I have a suspicion that the 18th of March is going to come and go and we're not going to have seen the oh, movie. Oh, no, I'm so in that case, the, the the only saving grace is that obviously movies get put on digital so quickly these days. Like Scream is already available on digital. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we would be get to see it within a month after that. So <clears throat> potentially sometime in April. Um, because, yeah, I really want to see it. There's um another movie as well that I think it just came out. Which So this is a weird one. We might do this next week because it's really intriguing. Um, it's called Fresh. And... What's, why, why I'm worried about covering it is because I haven't seen much talk in terms of horror people from, like, prior to release. But now it's come out. Dude, I see all horror Batman. people. Chill. Well, well, that's the thing is, like, <laughs> but obviously we actually want to do a horror film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it sounds cool. It, it, Sebastian Stan is in it. And it's, like, nice. basically this, like, woman meets this guy and then he, he's basically not all he's made up to be. And it seems like it's got very sinister stuff in it like i try and look into it without really looking into it which is always difficult but it seems like people i for for example i know certain horror people horror critics and horror podcasts are covering it so that's kind of like why it's on my radar and it does i watch the trailer and it looks like a movie i'd want to see anyway um so yeah maybe we'll do that I know, I thought, well, yeah, that's what had me as well. Um, so, yeah, we might do that. Who knows? If not, there's Wes Craven. There's other, I'm sure there's some other shite on our backlist. Um, yeah, we'll, we we'll, be, we'll be more horror <laughs> next week. I think um, one thing I just wanted to say with X as well, mm-hmm. I don't, did we, have we seen a trailer, like the cinema? No. No, so I've seen it like like as a ad on YouTube or something then. Oh, okay, that's a good time. the trailer has popped up for me, and it was a, a different trailer. Mm. um than than the first one and i really enjoyed the trailer kind of kind of like begrudgingly watched it just because i was so excited to see something about the movie and didn't really need to but it was still good and um yeah was good the fact i got that from you know like i say i've definitely seen the other trailer and i did think to myself i think it was a a youtube ad so you know there's hope that we might get to see it over here well i have some i have some good news um i just googled it again and i can see a showing on friday 18th of march which is 39 miles away from us so it's that's closer than the united states (laughs) it's closer than what i thought i mean it's not as close as i would like but listeners in america would be like don't be little bitches and go see it yeah they'll just they'll just walk to that across their like yeah they're like um yeah but yeah, that is that is fantastic. Yeah, I mean that's like half distance to the country. No, not quite. No, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I mean, we're still as of recording, we're still over a week away from this. Mm. So the fact that I'm seeing a listing in our county is is fantastic yeah. news. Also, I, I, when I'm you're searching this. for a movie called X, it's mm-hmm. actually quite difficult. <laughs> Yes, I have to put Ty Wessex every time, and most people are just like, who the hell's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's great. That's put me in a good mood, because I'm sure Ooh. we get to see that. God, I really hope so, man. Yeah, I want to talk about theatrical horror so bad. Yeah. Um, and I want to see that movie. Oh, yeah. Know, that oh, movie it looks that great. was very high on our radar when we, when we did the upcoming list. 
yeah for sure it like kind of came out of nowhere and it's just like yeah it's ticking a lot of boxes like we talk about like i said maybe the batman was the like the right movie at the wrong time i'm so ready for a movie like like x from what we've seen on the trailer like it just yeah can't wait for that one um but yeah all that good stuff to look forward to later this month uh yeah that was episode number 288 where we discussed the batman uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, and how could I start now? Hurry up now, now that I need ya, look at me now.